What's going on, FA Nation? Dan Malin, Mike Alexander, back once again for the two-minute drill covering week six of the fantasy football slash NFL season. Mike, how was your week six from a season-long and DFS perspective? Pretty good. I played uh, Derrick Henry, so things went very well. Yeah, he worked out for me, too. Normally, I'm one of those guys that reserves about uh, that max enters the 20 max contests. Had to cancel a lot of entries at the last minute because I just realized on a busier than normal Sunday in the fantasy alarm chat, I wasn't going to be able to make as many entries as I wanted to. But Derrick Henry and Trey Burton and DeAndre Swift were in all, all three of my lineups. So needless to, needless to say, I did pretty well. Uh, but <clears throat> we're heading into week seven, heading out of week six. Unfortunately, we don't have any season ending injuries unless you're Taylor Lewan, uh offensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. However... We did lose Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, Joe Mixon, and Raheem Mostert. Sanders is likely going to be out maybe two weeks. He's definitely not playing Thursday night. Zach Ertz is going to miss about a month. Joe Mixon, I don't know if we know anything else yet. Raheem Mostert is heading to IR. What are we doing? These are three reliable running backs on a weekly basis, and what should fantasy owners be doing if they don't have handcuffs? Try to get handcuffs? Yeah, the Bengals situation is pretty interesting. They've... You know, people just assume it's going to be Gio Bernard, uh, but they've got some other options there. I believe Trayvon Williams is their number three, um, and he's more of a substitute for Mixon than Bernard is. But Bernard has the confidence; he's the veteran. I, I think you know it'll be somewhere in between, but you know I think they try to keep Bernard in a little bit of his pass catcher role. For the Eagles, Boston Scott steps in, uh, you know, that offensive line. I don't even know if Barry Sanders could, <laughs> could do too much. <laughs> it's it's just a sad state of affairs. Um, you know, Richard Rodgers steps in for Zach Ertz, which doesn't really move the needle. Uh, and then, um, I guess, you know, if you, if you manage to stash Jarek McKinnon, uh, just waiting to see if, if he got any extra passing work or anything, you know, you're, you're getting a second life out of Jarek McKinnon and, 49er land. Uh, I kind of want to go off script because I know we wanted to start with injuries, and this kind of pertains to injuries. Uh, do you buy that Carson Wentz is a good buy-low candidate at quarterback or maybe a guy that you can grab off waivers? I think he's about 50% owned in ESPN leagues. I mean, everyone's talking about, you know, he's he's awful right now, but when he gets Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, uh, even uh, Dallas Goddard, when he's getting these guys back, do you believe that he could turn his season around? Because there's no real – um, bounce back for the offensive line. I mean, the pass protection and the run blocking has just been terrible for Philadelphia. Right. I guess my question would be, what price are you paying? You know, I, I don't think quarterbacks have much value in fantasy unless you're in a super flex or a particularly deep league. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this is as low as his price is going to get. I would presume, you know, uh, things I guess could always get worse. They they could lose uh, Jason Kelsey center, <laughs> knocking on wood uh, right now. Um, but you know, uh, hopefully Alshon doesn't come back. I think he's a detriment. He, he's kind of dust out there. But you know, Djax if if he can get on the field at all. But really, Rager is the one they need to get back. And and Goddard uh, with with Ertz maybe down here for a bit. Um, I forget what Goddard's timetable. I think he's yeah. eligible to come off IR this week. Yeah, um, and then, you know, as the offensive line, hopefully pieces can, can get back in there um, because you can just see every drop back. If if the first read isn't available, Wentz is just a, dead, a sitting duck, and uh, I, he's getting hit, he's getting sacked, he's fumbling, he's throwing interceptions. Um, 
it's just a very disjointed offense with all of the the losses and you know you, you can't fault them that's that's going to happen all right moving on to some game breakdowns we'll start with Houston Tennessee huge game for fantasy uh, Houston in two games without Bill O'Brien they look like a, a fully functioning offense uh, Deshaun Watson is back to looking like a top five quarterback uh, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are both getting heavily involved David Johnson even found the end zone are we trusting Houston's offense going forward sans Bill O'Brien I think it was you know two fairly exploitable matchups the last two weeks but you know, the, the Texans have had those and not been able to take advantage so far this year under Bill O'Brien. So, yeah, very good to see Deshaun Watson back to himself. Uh, Will Fuller, man, he hasn't had that, uh, you know, Julio-esque game where it's two touchdowns, 150 yards, whatever it might be. It's coming. But it's it's been like 100 yards and a touchdown almost every week. And right. he's he's got a really nice base laid. So when that huge week does happen, if it does happen um, – you know, all of a sudden he becomes a, a an extremely valuable asset. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, the, the Derrick Henry breakout. Um, he'd been having a solid year, but uh, nothing spectacular. It, mostly touchdowns, which was kind of his deal last year through big stretches. But now, now you get the 200 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I thought he was a really nice pivot point. At Even 70. at 50 receiving yards, too. Yeah, yeah, catching the ball in, in shootout mode. But, yeah, you know, the decision to make was Alexander Madison or Derrick Henry. They were $100 apart, and, you know, uh, that was a, a decision that I got right for, for a change, it feels like. so. How do you feel about Ryan Tannehill? You know, I, I know Matthew Barry, ESPN, a lot of the other fantasy sites, they love to tweet to tweet out his – his his last 16 games as the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. He's arguably a top five quarterback. Are we buying that he's a top five quarterback? I could easily buy into him being a top five fantasy quarterback rest of season. I think he's got like seven touch seven passing touchdowns his last two games. You know, the volume's been there. There will be some weeks that it isn't. I honestly didn't think he'd throw the ball 40 times. I didn't even think he'd throw the ball 30 times this past week. I was wrong. And and he had a huge game once again, but Ryan Tannehill, is, is he a must-start in one-quarterback leagues? You know, not even, like, two-quarterback or super-flex leagues. Would you feel comfortable starting him every week in a one-quarterback league? Yeah, I would definitely feel comfortable. Uh, his efficiency has been ridiculous, and that's going to be hard to maintain. But it is, that's who he is. You know, it's, it's built into to the game, to that offense. And their defense has, you know, really been letting the team down, causing this, this offensive explosion. You know, they would love to just run the ball with Derrick Henry and have Ryan Tannehill throw it 28 times. Um, you know, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's not been that kind of season for the defense. Um, and, you know, now they got AJ Brown back uh, that helps, but you know, you see his interception, Tannehill's interception was really bad on Sunday. And you know, they're, they're, that's still lurking out there. He wants to be a guy that uh, protects the ball. He'll take the sack over the interception he doesn't want to be in shootouts. So I do think there's some danger there that, that that part of his game gets exposed a little more if they continue to have to chase. But, you know, for our fantasy game, interceptions aren't a big deal. You know, you can take an interception or two uh, if he's throwing four touchdowns. All right, we're moving on to the biggest rookie breakout of the week, DeAndre Swift. 14 carries, 116 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He also had three catches for seven yards. He's actually on pace for about 50 to 55 uh, receptions. So it's a lot of times we see that rookie running backs have issues getting getting involved in the passing game in their first year. That hasn't really been the case. Really, it's just been getting more work, more snaps than Adrian Peterson. And 
I believe Swift had 29 offensive snaps. Peterson had 28. I think the guy that's getting in both their ways, on Johnson, because I think he was still on the field for like 17 snaps. Yeah. If they can just like make him like a, a healthy scratch every week or something, I think Swift and Peterson can coexist as a two-headed monster. But what's your approach with DeAndre Swift rest of season? Is is he kind of like a must-start in the flex? Do you think he's a top-20 running back now that you know they've kind of you know the seal's been broken? Like they can't possibly just like relegate him to you know minimal work once again, right? Right, and, and you know it, people have been trying to trade for him. Uh, you know, pre-breakout, and they, they missed the window now. <clears throat> He's got the two-touchdown game. People can see what kind of a playmaker he is. And I think the Lions do know that they have that playmaker in their offense. They made a, con- a concerted effort to get him into the game, into the red zone, make him dangerous, and it succeeded. I think that sticks with the coaches and, and carries on. And shout-out to John Mpemba uh, with DeAndre Swift as the Mpemba special this week. Um, you know, one of the the best running back values on the board, bringing people some uh, some big money. Uh, we'll touch on another rookie that had did not not necessarily a breakout, but a huge game. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I believe, currently he's like wide receiver four in fantasy and PPR formats. Nine catches on eleven targets for two touchdowns and one hundred and sixty six yards. Has Justin Jefferson emerged as a wide receiver one in Minnesota? Or we do we still think it might be Adam Thielen for now? Yeah, I think what they did with Jefferson is they played him on the outside. Um, And, you know, people weren't sure what was going to pan out there because Jefferson was a slot receiver at LSU. Thielen had started to become more of an outside receiver through last season as well. Um, But, yeah, this lets Jefferson stick to the outside with his success, move Thielen back into the slot role, you you would think, going forward. And, you know, it's been really Jefferson doing most of the work. Kirk Cousins is certainly not helping too many receivers throwing three interceptions, but uh, you know, my only concern on Jefferson is that offense, if they can avoid throwing it, they will. I don't think they do get too many chances the rest of the season with the way their defense is played. Um, But you got to remember going down into Atlanta in the dome. Yes. The Falcons are a disaster at the moment, but they always have the ability to hang up this kind of game when they're in their home building uh, on that turf. So you know, small grain of salt there that the Vikings defense is bad, yes, but on the road in Atlanta is a tough spot for any defense. All right, we are recording this Monday night. It is in the second quarter of the second Monday night game. So we're coming off the first Monday night game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Clyde Edwards-Elair had a massive game, 26 carries, 161 yards. Game flow did benefit his workload. Uh, regardless, he still looked really good. Averaged 6.2 yards per carry. Also caught four passes. Didn't find the end zone. Um, I, I want to say he scored, but then he was called back on an offensive holding call. I feel like that's the second straight week that's happened to him. But the big news last week was that Le'Veon Bell has signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're looking at the contract, you're thinking, you know, this isn't really a contract that necessarily looks like it could hurt Clyde edwards Laird. This looks like a, a bare minimum contract for Le'Veon Bell. He clearly knows he's going to make about 5 to $6 million from the Jets. He wants to get a Super Bowl ring. He'll go to the defending Super Bowl champs. Do we think Lev Bell really cuts into Clyde's workload? I mean, he's coming off a huge game. I still think he's the RB1 in Kansas City. I agree with you there. Uh, Lev Bell, I think, is more of an insurance policy. He can do so many of the things that Andy Reid wants his running back to do if he's healthy. You know, that's the other big part of that. Um 
people forget Bell hasn't really been healthy at all this season, dating back into preseason. So <clears throat> I see it as an insurance policy, a guy that can do some pass catching work, because that's really the only part of his game that I think is still above average. Um, you forget his days in, in Pittsburgh were really his scoring was based on the insane volume that he would have, just ridiculous receiving numbers, tons of rushing numbers um, as far as attempts. And that's not going to happen. wasn't going to happen in New York. It's not going to happen on the Chiefs unless significant injuries occur. Hopefully not. And I, I, I don't, I don't get the sentiment that people are like, you know, Ceh is 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 toast. Um, they're going to lead a lot of games with that offense. They're mm-hmm. going to do this exact same thing many, many times. Uh, I foresee, and you know, he'll he'll reward his his owners. I think who stick by him. Yeah, I mean, I know the argument a lot this past week was that, you know, Clyde edwards Lair, like the one thing he struggles in is pass protection. That's kind of Le'Veon Bell's, mm-hmm. uh, like Le'Veon Bell can kind of step in, teach him that, or at least for now, like fill in on pass protection. But at the same time, like, has Clyde really had the opportunity to pass protect? Probably not because you, you don't really trust a rookie with that. But can we really knock that on edwards Lair when he just doesn't have much experience in it? I'm like, sure, I do believe that Lev Bell gets a little more work in pass protection, but I don't think this is necessarily a huge knock on Clyde. He's, he's, he's looked good. He's had, he's had two almost touchdowns the last two games. Right. And losing the receiving work does drop him out of a first round value, but um, you know, uh, what are you going to play <laughs> running right. back right now? Good call. Um, all right, we'll move on. Uh, we got a couple minutes left week seven on the horizon. We have a real barn burner of an NFC East matchup. I don't even want to, discuss it really please tell me that is not the game you're most excited for in week seven uh you know a a divisional game in the nfc east uh that's that's not at the top of your list of things to tune into (laughs) i think it's the first time we see a six win division winner this year i i mean what's i think we've had one seven win division winner ever right uh, I think there's been two. I think the most recent one was Seattle, but Seattle, I want to say yeah. we've seen. I want to say we've seen like two or three seven win division winners. It's just the NFC East is so bad, and I think that somebody steals it. I think the Eagles could steal it with a six nine and one record. Right. A uh, game I'm most looking forward though to would be the Packers visiting uh, the Houston Texans. You know, the Texans have shown they they've got a very shaky defense, a very uh, all, a very strong offense, and one that can come back. So. Um, you know, I would like to get the Packers at home off of that uh, that very poor performance against Tampa. Uh, you'd feel a little more secure about that, but I think you're still in a really good spot here. Uh, you know, Adams, Rodgers, Jones, none of these guys did what they they were expected to do this past week, and most of them were were one of the top priced people in DFS. So, I think you get some really nice leverage in a game that that should be a uh, a cooker. So that's a, that's a nice spot to, to sprinkle in. All right. Love it. Mike, thank you so much. That is week six in a nutshell. He's Mike Alexander. I'm Dan Malin. Be on the lookout. Huge UFC card this weekend, but this is the two minute drill. Best of luck to you, Mike, and best of luck to the FA nation.